It's time for another tournament in the tea break. Can you believe it's only day two? You are listening to Ros Satoff from Britwatch Sports. And Chris Otto, half asleep, but now waking up. <laughs> uh, yeah, apologies. It is terribly, terribly late by the time we actually get home and uh, try and, um, and get our thoughts together for this. Uh, however, like we said, day two and already there's a lot of stuff going down. Yeah, it's been, it's been chaotic. We've got four top ten seeds out on the women's side already. Two on day one, two on day two. <laughs> Which is quite nice. So that appeals to my OCD. It's nice and symmetrical. Mm. Is it even surprising? I guess... Well, I think we were somewhat discombobulated, but not really with Sloane Stevens. Um, and I'm a little surprised that Garcia going out. But then she, you know... Well, yeah, I am a little bit surprised. But I didn't actually watch a match, so I don't really know... Whether she, you know, whether she was just outplayed or just a bad day in the office, but the one name that everybody was shocked at was Petra Kvitova, a two-time champion, of course, uh, and actually considered as one of the favourites coming into this week. Uh, and she just wasn't at the races, really. Uh, Alexander Sasnovich really um, took her chances when she got them in the first set. Uh, Kvitova picked herself up, uh, and we thought we were in for a typical. Petra with a three. Yeah. And then that, well, you talk about that final set because I'm baffled. Yeah, we did. We thought we, it looked like Petra somehow survived a bit of a shaky second set. And at that point, Sasnovich was playing pretty well. And my estimation was that Sasnovich would finally cool down, maybe sense the pressure, and that Petra would peak at the right time. It did not happen. The exact opposite happened in that match. I mean, Sazimich took the broke in the first game, won a close game to hold in the second, then broke again, had a double break lead at 3 nothing, and just never looked back. And she got better and better. I think she got more comfortable with that big lead and mm. made some brilliant shots. She really played a lot of good tennis in this match, so she does deserve a lot of credit. But sad to see Petra go out. I think everybody felt that. Yeah, I think um, f- from my perspective, obviously she came back last year after that horrific knife injury at Roland Roland Garros and it it felt like that whole year was building up to ironically everything being business as usual if that if that makes any sense and we we asked her about it a lot in, in Roland Garros as to when will it feel like the circle is complete uh, and she she would often say for me for me it is for me when I walked out onto the court the first time the circle was complete. The comeback was done. Uh, but of course, unfortunately for her, she was in the midst of a massive uh, winning streak on clay, uh, and we had her as um, we had her nailed on as a favourite. She won, you know, she made it back to back finals in Birmingham, which made her look really good. She wisely pulled out of Eastbourne with a little bit of a hamstring stretch, uh, but it it is sad. And I, I asked her, you know, because she said she was nervous. She found it very very nerve wracking. Uh, and I asked whether, you know, sorry, to elaborate, she she also said that when she was younger, she used to play well in the slams, uh, but not so well on the tournaments. Now she's older, she's doing well at the tournaments. Coming into this, she's in a tournament leading five titles this year, and I believe 38 wins she had. She was actually three ahead coming into this match of Simona Halep, who's the world number one, and who's been to two slam finals this year. So it's, it's remarkable numbers, but for some reason it's just not happening with her in slams. It was unfortunate in Australia because she drew um, Andrea Petkovic in the first round. She hadn't really played very much as well, and Petkovic took her chances, and that was a, that was a first round that nobody wanted to see, and it was a shame that one of them had to lose. 
And then her run in uh, Roland Garros had to come to an end because she played so many matches on clay. She was, I think, a little fatigued by this point. She's got it backwards, basically, right now at this stage. Yeah. I I think she might be so happy and relieved to be, well, let's say, after the traumatic incident, you know, alive and in good health and and be able to play whether or not that hand is 100%. I think she just wants to go out there and be a part of the tour. And she can't help but be excellent because she is an excellent player. But she's burnt out when she gets Mm. here. And it's tough. I think she might want to reassess. She's 28 now. And, I think she's. I think she might want to like look at the career of someone like Serena Williams. Not to say she'll ever get to that level. I mean, nobody will. But she can look at it and say, yeah. "Let's let's really start to devise my schedule and my the way I'm playing to peak at these majors." And you were right. The question you asked her at the presser was perfect, and it got the perfect answer and it revealed her psychology, which is that she is struggling with the with the mental elements of. The pressure at the slams, and especially Wimbledon. And we look right here, last three years, third round exit, second round exit, second round exit at Wimbledon. And and by the way, those are the three years I've attended. So am I some kind of Petra jinx? I've been waiting for to see her magic at Wimbledon, and it's it's just not happening. But really, she needs to look at things, reassess. Clearly, she's one of the best players and capable of winning majors. Just needs to get things a little figured out psychologically and with her schedule. I think you are, because my first Wimbledon was 2014. (laughs) And Petra won. All right. And then you came. I blew it. And 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 you stayed with me. And you I think you've reversed my good luck charminess on her game. Did I want it too bad? I think you did. I think I did. I think you did. I think you did. Uh of course not seeded anywhere near as high, but there was uh, an element of buzz in the um, in the in, in the draw when uh, for Maria Sharapova, obviously she, she's back in different circumstances, quite obviously, um, but she's back and everybody was expecting great things of her again. It's now business as usual. We've gone through the whole circus of you know first time since first time since we're done with that now. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, a three setter, but. Just not the Maria that we're used to seeing, I would say. Well, I think it is the Maria we're used to seeing. Kind of lately, she. Oh, okay. There's a lot of like um, matches that don't really fit the way she's playing. She's just has these kind of matches that are you know like throwaway matches where she's not consistent enough to beat a, a lesser player. World number one thirty-two, Vitalia Diachenko is a not a good loss at all. And no. you look at her stats now; it's been. Over three years since she made a Grand Slam semi, of course she had the the doping ban and it's been a while, but something's going to have to click for her as well. And and I don't quite know what it is or if she's she's even ever going to be the player she used to be. I I honestly don't think she is going to be the player that she was. I think I can say that with, with some certainty. I think she wants to finish on her own terms and I think she wants to be right up there again, mixing it with the best. I mean, she's changed her whole coaching team. She's... You know, she's she's tried to make the changes that you would expect a player to make if things aren't working. Uh, but it, things aren't working. Yeah, well, we hit on something earlier. She had a very good clay season. That was the best yeah. tennis we've seen since yeah, she returned. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe she will return to the four on the clay again next year. But as we just learned from her presser, she has difficulty she admitted to having difficulty making the transition transition from clay to grass and she regrets not playing birmingham and she was rusty today and yeah and she's out yeah i mean so she should i mean birmingham and eastbourne the the quality of the grass is very close to what people will expect at wimbledon uh the weather was unseasonably good 
so she would have had even more accurate grass you know it, it, it was it, you know and again if i'm going to get a whole load of abuse for for you know railing on rafa for um signing up and never turning up to queens the same is true for maria the lta went out of its way to um offer her a three-year deal of wild cards to get her back into competition just in case she had a chance of making wimbledon qualifying or wimbledon main draw last year mm. uh and sadly she's not made birmingham for three years in a row or two years in a row and it's it's you know yeah she's she's and it's it's nothing news it's stuff that she said to me before about i need to be sensible with my schedule because if you're not a load of clay now means a stuffed up grass court season or a stuffed up yeah. u.s season further down the line so it'll be interesting to see how she goes but now this is your chance to shine because i hardly watched any men's matches other than brits because they put all the brits on early so that everybody could um watch some football match or other men's, so men's tennis Shall so men's tennis, shall we? I'd like to hear about Nadal. I'd like to hear about Mr. Djokovic, and I'd like to hear about Mr. Delpo, please. Well, yeah, we saw the same thing from all three of them. Straight sets, wins, pretty dominant, comfortable on grass, um, looking like contenders. It's pretty cool. I think Nadal is the most interesting now because we all want so badly to get him back in the mix at Wimbledon. It's been five Wimbledons without a quarterfinal. Today he was... Pretty darn solid, and I think everybody's taking notice of the conditions and the heat. And Rafa yeah. seems to like it. He he seems to really say uh, there was some funny stuff in his presser. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, about how, yet, no. how he loves it sunny and like everybody's happy when it's sunny. <laughs> of course, I love it when it's sunny. And he he does like this weather. And whether it's just um, weather. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I, maybe he just feels that it's better and it's not really any different in reality, but it's making him more comfortable and play better. So he looks good. I saw a lot of Novak Djokovic's match. He struggled a little bit early, was a little bit temperamental, but but boy, did he finish solidly. And, and he just keeps getting better week after week. I think he's... I have him as a title contender. I, I think he's taken the necessary steps to be right in there in the hunt for this title. If, if Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer end up squaring off at this tournament, it's a toss-up, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, Djokovic, I think, is my pick for for the win, I think. And uh, I would love nothing better than to see him come back here. I really would. But Delpo, who would have been a potential... Um, uh, encounter for one Mr. Murray had he played. Oh, yeah. And we did wonder at the time about the, the big guy's fitness. So how is he looking? He's looking solid. And, you know, he's not a guy I thought that much about when I was thinking about who might contend for this title. But the more you think about it, he's a semi-finalist here. He's an incredible big match player. If he's able to get through a couple rounds quickly and easily without too much tax on the body, you have to think that he'll be all right. But his section's a little bit tricky. Feli Lopez next. Could face the Shapovalov or Pear after that. Yeah, but Pear's uh, but only on one leg. Nobody he can't handle, though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's down there in the um, in, that. in Rafa's section, so he could end up squaring off with Rafa in a quarterfinal. So that would be a hell of a match if we get there. I mean, that's the kind of player that's uh, that we've seen Nadal snake-bitten against at Wimbledon before. So you got to put Del Potro, Del Potro in there as a contender, like like a lot of other players. Nick Kyrgios won today. Yeah. I love him on the grass. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether he's a, he's a worthwhile, real dark horse because he's been threatening to do good for a while. Yep. And if if there is going to be a surface that that, that leans towards that, it's, it's this. Yeah. And you know, um, did you look ahead and see that we could have a Kyrgios 
Bernard Tomic, third rounder. Oh, oh, that's popcorn. <laughs> that could be that's fun. That's pure popcorn. Sasha's Vera moved through. It, it's I think it's intriguing what's going on with the men. It's not like Roland Garros where we kind of knew that Rafa yeah. was in such good form and going to dominate the clay. And we just were curious about who might make it to the final. Yeah. And then and then we also saw that team was looking like the shoe in for the final. So it became like, I don't know, well, who's going to make the semis? Let's see. But this is yeah. a lot different. Stuff could happen here at Wimbledon with the men for the first time in a while, I think. Good, good. Uh, in terms of stuff happening, we have um, we have Brits galore. Uh, we've actually done quite well. There's four Brits now in the second in, into the second round, which is quite good. Not bad at all. Um, but obviously, the main pressure is going to be on Kyle Edmund and Johanna Conter's shoulders. Uh, Joe started really well. I mean, she had a tricky one against Natalia Viklantseva, and she she was pushed. I think it's fair to say she was pushed pretty hard by the Russian. Uh, they went pretty much toe to toe for the first set, and and then I think Joe was quite lucky with a break. But the second set, um, because she hasn't won that many matches, she doesn't have that kind of match confidence and swagger that you would expect a player to have. It took her, I think, on a sixth match point to finally get it done. Really? It was like nine seven in the in the tie break. That was a that was a tough one to come through, but I think a vital one for her to come through because now she has a little bit more belief in herself, uh, and I think that's important. And the other the other Brits that have made it in have been Katie Bolter, who's been making uh, quite a few waves over the grass court season, and Katie Swan, who when you look hmm. at her is teeny weeny tiny, and you think you I, I don't even know how you got the strength to pick up a racket, but boy she can heft the ball. Hmm. Um, She's got Biznescu next, which honestly is probably a step too far. You know, the, the Romanian's been playing very, very well. Uh, you know, she, and she's quite feisty as well. She's got a fair bit of life experience too. But then again, she'll have never met Swan. Yeah, and I like there's Bizonescu. always and there's always oh yeah I I loved um I loved talking to her in in Birmingham. But there's always that element of uh if you don't know someone. Is is that going to throw? Is that going to throw things? So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I I personally think Bizonescu will, will go through, but I just hope that Swan will give her a bit of a a bit of a battery. Yeah, I think the successful tournaments already for both of them, and Conta's the one to watch. It, she like we talked about yesterday, she can build some confidence. Sibokova is going to be tough. That would be a massive win for her. And then if she gets she gets to that third round, then think the wheels are kind of in motion, and yeah. she'll start to maybe you know get that muscle memory going. Like, well, she's good at Wimbledon, and let's do this. And let's also remember that the the purpose of the first week is just to survive. The purpose of the second week, eyes on the prize. Yeah, make some money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so if you have tickets for tomorrow what do we think your day is going to be like well um, first off will be Caroline uh, Carolina Bliskova sorry Caroline yeah, um, intriguing and match. Azarenka. Now, don't know what to expect from this well, let, at yeah. all. Let's see how Azarenka pulls up because she had that nasty spill that brought back memories of 2013, where she had a very nasty spill that actually um, kiboshed her for ages and resulted in baby Leo. All right. Um, so you know she she had, but it was a horrible, horrible um, fall for her, and when she fell again, you could see that it knocked the stuffing out of her and. You know, she stayed down for a long time. 
uh, to the point that people sort of went up to help her up and she got up quite gingerly. You thought, oh. But I also think it just literally knocked the stuffing out of her. So it'll be interesting to see how she pulls up. But Pliskova, uh, I don't think it's actually made it past the second round. So this is going to be untold territory for Pliskova. That's correct, yeah. That, that, this is going to be, who knows? I'm, I'm expecting I'm... her to do like uh, an England win penalty shootout, rug, you know, like sort of sprint around the, the the tennis court and then fall to the ground with everybody jumping on top of her. It would be nice That's for her. That's what I think. She's proven that she's pretty good on grass, though, in the, in the yeah. last couple of seasons. So yeah. I think she could make... I think she might win this match based on, you know, the Vika fall and whatnot. But just a, a brief story about Vika. I was out back behind the players' lounge um, making a phone call today and she walked by with Leo. It was like the first time I really got up close to those two. It was really adorable. She was just... You know, baby talk with him and had her in, had him in her arms. It was pretty cool. Huh? I, I was like, big thumbs up. This is like, Aww. that was just awesome. You know, and she was just—you can see it in her face. I mean, a little eye contact. She's just so happy with it. It's not—it's yeah. it's not feigned at all. It's like her and Serena and all these moms—they're—they're they're like they're all in right now with yep. this, with their mommy brains. It's nice. <laughs> We're talking of Serena and mommy brain. I mean, I lo- I love that whole thing. I was like sat next to a very esteemed colleague of mine. Um, and we were not only were we giggling at the discomfort of this poor guy from the All England Club oh having God. to moderate a conversation about breastfeeding. <laughs> it was hilarious. But I had my colleague like nodding and was like, "Yep, yeah, to mommy right, yep, yeah, to the disconnect, you oh, yes." And I was just like, "Wow, I'm learning things every day." Uh, well, anyway, Serena is in action. Uh, um, I think Victoria Tomova, and it's uh, I think that's a winnable match. For her, she just needs to figure a, a way out. Oh, of, she, yeah, yeah, she'll be fine. Um, you know, I guess we'll just look for if she's if she's tight, if she's precise. That's what you want to see from her here. I think that's piece of cake, right? Uh, I think Makarova Wozniacki could be interesting. That could be our ups for me. That could be the upset. I, I'm always looking at Wozniacki, thinking she that could be the upset. You know? Yeah, I think. Well, if, if we're gonna get one, I think it's gonna be that one. Uh, on the men's side. Um, it's, it's a little bit uninspiring, really. I mean, we've got the return of Roger a la Uniqlo against Lucas Lachko, who made the Eastbourne final, but I can't see um, our friendly neighbourhood, Slovakian Pirates. Um, if you want to know what I mean, just just check out his, his garb. He, I, I honestly believe that he and Johnny Depp were um, separated <laughs> at birth. Um, but I, can't, I don't think he's got the weapons to, to handle um, Federer. So I will try and cast my gaze on uh, Mr. Under the Radar, Mr. Chilich. Chilich and, and Taya. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it just to see how devastating Marin is. He's just on fire. I, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to win in straights tomorrow. I just want okay. to see, I, I see how many aces he hits and if he loses any first serve points, which I, I think he'll probably lose. I'm picking. I'm saying he's going to lose five first serve points tomorrow. Five? Five. Okay, we'll revisit that. We'll revisit that. <laughs> we'll talk that. tomorrow. Um, I think I might have just got carried away. <laughs> As always, play will start on the outside courts at 11.30 and on the two show courts at 1pm. We will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, we're going to um, coerce our special guests to uh, have a few words as well. Uh, but more on that tomorrow. But I think now that's enough rambling from us. You have been listening to Ross Satar and... Chris Otto. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.